In this episode, Jake and I have a lovely conversation about all things infinite banking. Hope you enjoy listening. Thank you. Every policy cannot look like every other policy. And, and Jake's right. If, you know, there's, because we don't promote, you know, I don't, we don't put money behind uh, this podcast at all. Um, it's attraction rather than promotion. I'm a capitalist. I might, I might start, start spending some ad revenue, tick some of those uh, people off on the internet that, you know, because you <laughs> type in infinite banking or the Nelson Nash Institute and five advertisements come up before you get down to the authorized, you know, uh, hmm. Nelson Nash Institute. And it's the infinite banking dot org. That's where it is. Yes. Okay. So, or you could just go to bankwithlife.com, push the button on the website that says become a client, share a little information with us, and we'll. Uh, meet you where you're at, no matter where you're at financially, a little, a lot, complex, complicated, simple, compound, doesn't matter. I'm talking about your finances. Uh, we can, we can, I'm just bold enough to say that we can improve your situation. All right. You're bold, but you're right. So, and that's so, an excellent plug, by the I way. I didn't mean to throw you off, but well, if we're sending people somewhere, you might as well give them the shortcut to success. Absolutely. Right? Come to us. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I want to talk to you guys. I really do. Right. Um, He's waiting by the phone. I'm waiting right now. Uh, <laughs> Wait. Oh, here, here comes a call. I'm kidding. Oh, first caller. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, anyways, uh, but yeah, it, when it comes to IBC, I, I see that a lot, right? A lot of people who are advertising whatever they're doing. And th there's a couple things, I, I guess, since we're on the subject, we should kind of tell people to watch out for. Because just other things I've heard and I've seen recently. Um, uh, so we've told them what to do. But let me, yeah. what, before we get into what not to do, yeah, let's continue with what to do. <clears throat> okay, so you yeah. want to purchase and read Nelson's first book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Uh, that's the source. Um, he created the concept. He discovered the concept. Yes, your grandfather might have sold life insurance. Yes, it might have had a cash value. If it does have a cash value, it has a loan provision. That's not the same thing as banking. Okay. Typical life insurance since the uh, late 1800s, people put money in there and, and, and then they relied on policy loans and cash values. The infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker, was discovered by R. Nelson Nash. He tells you his mm. story in the uh, first part of his book, long about 1980 and 81. He has some challenges. He printed this book in 2000 prior to that. Uh, and like I said, he tells you a story, but he was a forester. He knows how to think long range. He was a real estate investor, and he was a life insurance agent from uh, 1964 until he graduated in 2019. In my opinion, the greatest life insurance agent of all time. Well, I, you know, I agree with that because, well, well, why do you say that? Well, he came up with the concept of becoming your own banker. Uh, but but not only that, I mean, he helped not just, I don't, I don't know how many clients Nelson ended up having over his life, helped a tremendous amount of his clients, but his family, he set up multi-generationally. Uh, I, I mean, just the things the man did in his lifetime. Five generations is what he did, had a hand in. It's insane. A lot of people can't think five generations out, much less actually put it into practice and do it. Like the, anyways, but the man wrote, you know, two great books. Um, uh, so the what to do? The first book, becoming yep. your own banker. The second book, yes, building, building a warehouse of wealth. wealth. Okay. And uh, again, that's where that chapter out of a Egypt on Babylon is is in. It's really the, like one of the last chapters, or the last chapter of building your warehouse of wealth. 
Uh, great book too. Um, but when we talk about Nelson being the greatest agent of all time, I mean, he also started the Nelson Ash Institute. That's that's a big deal. I mean, he started an institute to provide and to continue that legacy. I mean, provide for the people who are you know getting into the infinite banking concept, becoming agents and teaching their clients and teaching their friends, family how to become their own banker. He created that for, as a resource for them, but also legacy and prosperity. And yeah, and posterity. Uh, Is that a Freudian slip? Prosperity, yeah. <laughs> prosperity. Uh, maybe a little posterity. bit. I mean, hey, man, I, I hope, hope so. your posterity is prosperous. Absolutely. And I I hope, you know, Nelson and his future generations, you know, his family and their future generations are prosperous because of what Nelson set up. I, I know they will be. be, but, you know, uh, what, what he did, what he taught and what he created, no other agent has done anything like that. I've seen some ad copy from agents. That, 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 there's, there's some good stuff out there. Don't get me wrong. Some Running good books. Chat GPT. <laughs> some of that. Um, but it's hard to take such a, what would you say, such a, a fantastic concept. I don't know anybody who's ever done this, taken such a fantastic concept, such as the you know, infinite banking concept, and put it into 90 pages, guys. Like... And this honestly was a workbook. This was a workbook that, that Nelson taught out of. I mean, that's really what it started out as in its its original form, right? It was Nelson was you know teaching seminars, doing seminars, and this is kind of the workbook he had you know his clients working out yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know a workbook. He used to do it on the old slide projector. You know, yeah. I, what is that where you the transparent paper? Yeah, the you put projector. it down and then it projects onto the wall. But yeah, I don't know. If Workbook, yeah. per se. I know there's people out there that have created workbooks, but yeah, um, you know his his like mm. homework assignments were reading. Yeah, you know, so that was a work that he encouraged the people who uh, attended his presentations. You know, I think he was a great guy. Life insurance, one of the greatest, the probably the greatest life insurance salesman in the world is myself, and <clears throat> the reason I think that. Is because, uh, you know, so his brother was a, a life insurance agent. Nelson had been buying life insurance since he was 13. Uh, the first policy was put in force on him at age 13. His daddy gave him that policy at age 14 and said, here, boy, this is yours. You pay for it, right? Then he meets Mary, 20, 19, 20, and 21. You know, they buy more policies. So he'd been buying life insurance a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he becomes a life insurance agent in 1964. Of course, he you know quit writing life insurance when he printed the book in 2000 outside of his family, and he kept his existing clients, um, and then he graduated in 2019. Hmm. All right, so what is that, 64 to 2000, was that mm -hmm. 37 years, something like that? Yeah. Roughly, and then we just rounding, you know, add another 20 to that. So I don't want to round too much, but 57, almost 60 years he was an agent, and he had been buying life insurance for 75 years. Okay? The man knew something about life insurance. <laughs> Maybe he knew a little bit. <clears throat> All right. And then, if uh, and I don't know what the current membership at the Nelson Nash Institute is, but I've been participating in that organization with Nelson since about 20, 2004. Yeah. Okay? <clears throat> the first thing I went – First think tank I went to, and I think I've been to all of them except one or two. Um, I think there was about nine people in the room. 
Uh, the, the last, yeah. And so, and it, and it grew, and I think in 2013, there was 270-ish. Uh, and I think the last year, this is 2023, of course, mm. and uh, the Think Tank is normally held in February. It's been historically held in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, but I think the last one, there was 150, yeah, something 160 right. people, agents. Okay. All right. Now, just I'm giving you the background. Stay with me. All right, so there's, you know, 20 years of think tanks that I'm aware of. Started at nine, got up to about almost 300, and now back down to 150. Mm-hmm. I think there are four or 500 practitioners total across mm-hmm. the country. All right, and uh, so all of them, of course, don't attend currently, right? All right, now, um, <clears throat> So let's just get to a round number for me. 300. Say there are 300 active, participating, authorized practitioners. I mean, I don't know how many clients they have to, uh, you know, uh, acquire in a given year to remain in business or successful. You know, I don't know. But I, I think they could probably get 50 new clients a year. Pretty easily, I think. Times 300. Yeah. That's 1,500 times 20 years. And I know I'm, I'm, there's more oh, clients. Oh, yeah. There's more I agents now than there were in the beginning. I know I'm averaging and rounding. And, mm-hmm. you know, I like round numbers. Okay. So indulge me. Um, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Well, we're not even talking about 80 20 rule about how, you know, 20%, you uh-huh. know, is really the, the heavy producers. Where, you know, 80%, maybe around, you know, 50 clients a year, something like that. You know, the other 20% that are knocking out of the park, they may do a, quite a bit more than that, too. Well, I was told, uh, I think it was last year, that I have uh, over a billion dollars of death benefit in force. So. Touches my heart. Let's see. B. Huh? B. Billion. Yeah, it's a big number until you run into government numbers. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, that's in force. So and I've had clients yeah. die. I've had clients get mad and wander off the reservation, get mad and quit for whatever reason. God bless you, vile Candias. I did everything that, you know, I knew to do to uh, provide the top level of service that you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my point here is if, if, I mean, if you've got, you know, what I say, 300 average times 50 what is that that's that's a big number is that 15,000 clients in a that year that would be yep is that right that is right 15,000 yeah. well 15,000 clients yeah per year if you're saying everyone gets 20 or everybody gets 50 yeah I some, mean some but that's, that's, more, a, that's gotta be a, that's gotta be a low number though that's gotta be a low I'd number I'd rather be conservative alright so I mean, I, that, I, that's the right number. 30, 300 times 50 is 15,000. Is 15, yeah. But yeah. The second I mean, mistake I made all day, the first mistake was uh, doubting myself. There you go. Okay. No, but I, yeah, that's, I mean, I think a very low number. I don't know how many people have IBC policies, true IBC policies. I'm not talking about your IUL policies that your guy said was IBC. Um, they can't read page 39. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I mean, over 20 years, that, 
that's a massive number. You know, we, <clears throat> yeah. We well, let's about. let's let's uh, let's let's just carry it out just for. I'm indulging myself. That's and what I is appreciate three hundred thousand hanging out with me. Yeah, it's three hundred. It'd be three hundred thousand in twenty years, and let, so let's cut that in half. I don't care. Let's take a third off of it. I think we can almost double it. And so let's just say it was 600,000 people are practicing the infinite banking concept, you know, in the United States. I, I don't know. There's only been 350,000 infinite banking or becoming your own banker book sold. I'm just saying, let's just say, okay, let's just give a stupid round gigantic number. Okay. That's still less than, you know, what, 0.001% of the United States population. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's such a small amount of people that are doing this. Um, I, I hear people, you know, quite often would say, no, Jack, I feel like I've, I've, I've waited too long or, you know, oh, I wish I would have heard about this 20 years ago. The book was printed 20 years ago. Stop beating yourself up. They're, you're not too late. Um, I, I can almost promise everyone who's listening, you're not too late. So if that's your hesitation, if that's your qualm, it's like, stop. Yeah, I'm. It, I agree with that, but I'm, I'm still trying to get to uh, how why I think Nelson was the greatest life insurance salesman. Right? Oh, because um, you're trying to break down the numbers of like what he's I'm just, influenced. Yes, trying to spitball a number oh, well, out of how much life insurance that man caused to go in force. Billions. We, I, I don't know if. I don't really think that we can calculate it. You know, I get it. Um, well, if you just use the round number of 300,000, and let's say the average death benefit is a million dollars over somebody's life. What is that, like $3 billion? Uh, I think $30 billion. I mean, just do that math. I mean, that's an, that's an insane amount of money. Man, I if mean, I knew we were going to talk about this, I'd have done all yeah, the math prior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. We do math all day long, so... Uh, again, what would you say? Uh, just because we do it all day long doesn't mean uh, it does. It comes right to us all at all times. Um, I mean, there's not enough zeros on this calculator. I love it. It's three. You know, to the I, I don't know, three hundred trillion dollars. I, I don't know. It's a big number. Yes, you do the math at home on your Google calculator. It'll it'll pop right up. Fifteen thousand people. A total involvement uh, over a twenty-year time period, and, and say up fifteen thousand people. No, twenty years. That three hundred thousand people that, that maybe has a half million dollars in total death benefit. That's just now. Looking back, every day I think the infinite banking concept is becoming more is is getting more and more exposure. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think that uh, one reason that I think Nelson was the greatest life insurance salesman ever, and the cause of all that is because he made one think. You know, he didn't get out of bed and like, how much death benefit can I write today? People don't get up and wake up in the morning and say, oh, let me go buy some life insurance. Can you imagine? Hey, let me go talk to a life insurance. No, he made you think, mm -hmm. right? And then, like you had mentioned earlier on the uh, investment world, you know, uh, chasing rates of returns. I mean, you know, just diminish it to the lowest common denominator, rate of return, rate of return. Nobody talked about banking yeah. until Nelson shows up. Right. The banking function. That's right. They want you to advocate your thought of the banking. They don't want you to 
take be control aware of it. Yeah. yeah not yeah not even be aware of it much less take control of the banking function in your life yeah. they want that control that's what they need and i mean we, we can go you know on and on about you know really just the banking function itself but really the discovery of controlling that banking function in your life may be his greatest accomplishment i mean that's to me it's revolutionary um no question and at the end of the day if we could break people out of that you know that thought process of you know that's just the highest rate of return um you know or you know because it seems like the investment world right now it's all about you know well you know what kind of risk do you want to put yourself at you know do you want to put yourself like you know moderate risk you want you know heavy risk do you want very low risk yeah the longer you expose yourself to that probability of loss the better off you're going to be Oh, and but but then it's like, well, that will determine your rate of return. So if you want a higher rate of return, you should expose yourself to more risk. I, you know, it, it's it's like clowns playing games with numbers is, is all I see. But I, but that's like the current financial. Makes me want to go to a carnival. <laughs> I mean, you get the same kind of logic there too. Uh, but you know, it's clowns playing games. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Oh. But once you once you like free yourself from that shackle of the current financial <clears throat> world, and I had a client that said it, and <laughs> I, I love what he said. He said uh, this this concept was wholesomely rebellious. That was his words yeah. that he put on a, a fast track that he sent us, and that's what it drew him to this is because it was wholesomely rebellious. I like him. I love it's one of my favorites uh Jeremy if you're listening I love you man uh it's hilarious um but you know I, I've been saying that to other clients recently too because I, I absolutely agree it's, it's wholesomely rebellious um and Jeremy, not all rebellious <clears throat> I'm gonna use that so Jeremy you yeah. shared that with us huh yeah um <clears throat> so again getting back to you know this this whole you know freeing yourself from the the current would you say financial landscape, the, the current financial shackles that we're all you know shackled to? Because uh, we're all experiencing the same things, guys. You, you go talk to any advisor out there, and they're like, "Why are you putting all of your money in life insurance? Are you an idiot? What? Like, you, you, you're, what? That, do you know how much commission that guy's making? Let's do the. What? He's not even an investment advisor. He's just a life insurance salesman. He probably sells annuities <laughs> too. I can't believe you're doing that. Question your intelligence, and then their character. Yeah. Right. Because the uh, did you what did you call him a financial guru or financial yeah. professional? Yeah, financial or a clown professional. show. What <laughs> I mean, them that that individual, right? They. Uh, I'll I'll stop. Yeah. No. I mean, not not again. I think most of our clients, most people who are listening, they're in the process of freeing themselves from their financial shackles, or they're at least understanding why you should. Right. Because it's what I think some people are still struggling with is why I don't want to say rate of return is a bad thing. It's just a calculation of a a number. It's not a bad thing. It's being beholden to a rate of return, which is a bad thing. Right. Just solely focusing on chasing a rate of return while you're abdicating the banking function and the banking responsibility of your life. While it's it, it, you're straining at camels. No, you're straining at gnats and swallowing camels. camels. Yeah, because you're. It, but it it just it just fits the paradigm. Mm-hmm. Wall Street got you focused on rate of return, rate of return, and jumping smooth over the rate by volume of interest that is fleeing from you <laughs> because you're not controlling the banking function. So absolutely, 
Yeah, swallowing who? Yeah, swallowing gnats and swallowing camels and straining at gnats. Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, so uh, there's there's quite a bit out there that you know I don't want to say is bad. It, it just it you you guys and you know this from reading Nelson's book. There's a lot of noise out there, and you're constantly going to be dipped in that noise. And that noise part of that is going to be rates of return. So when we're, we're looking at life insurance policies, and you're solely focused on the rate of return of a life insurance policy. Maybe that's not the only thing you should focus on. Maybe you should look at the cash value and look at the volume of cash value over the life of the policy. Maybe, maybe you should look at the death benefit. I know we're not trying to buy life insurance for death. But no, yes, we are. At the end of the day, you know, the death <laughs> no, benefit. Yes, we are. <laughs> no, because it's like, it's like, no, I'm not, Jake. No, I'm not. It's like, it's like I promise you are because the easy, there's an easy way to say this and there's a longer way uh, to say it as well. Uh, the easiest way I know to maybe explain it to somebody is that the cash value is a function of the death benefit. So if you have a lower death benefit, inversely, you're going to have a lower cash value. And especially over the lifetime of a policy. When If you look at the maturity of a policy, which is age 121 now, all cash values have to match death benefit at age 121. Just a principle of whole life insurance has to happen, right? So we understand that now. So out in the future, do I want a lower death benefit? Well, think about it. If you have a lower death benefit, inversely, you're gonna have a lower cash value. No, you want an appropriate death benefit with great liquidity, and you want high cash value growth over the lifetime of your policy. And what the rate of return is, the rate of return is, right? I've seen some policies that have a lower rate of return that are I would probably buy before, you know, policies with a higher rate of return, but they're same, paying premiums the same time period. It's just, it depends on what the rate, right? Whether you're super preferred, preferred, standard. Well, that would be one where, <clears throat> that, that can make a difference because then you're just actually looking at the cost of the death benefit, right? Which you can't separate yeah. whole life insurance, the cost of the death benefit from the cash value. If you do, you wind up with universal life and it was a failure, still is a failure. And I know there's a lot of people buying it, selling it, making a lot of money, but it's still a failure. It just uh, may not have happened in your life yet. Read um, page 39, folks. Yeah. I'm just saying. Isn't it funny how, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Whenever uh, you have calls with, perspective clients and and you can you know just dang near tell what they've been exposed to or listening to or mm -hmm. where they're spending their time learning um and then we hear what they experience too right and so they experience all these individuals out there you know talking about nelson nash infinite banking concepts and then slinging and selling universal life insurance and you you the point that you often bring up to me is is uh that can't can't these agents advisors and advisors can't they read you know because they mention nelson's book but they sure don't read it or they skip over that yeah. part they say they're experts on the infinite banking concept and that's why you should call them except they haven't read page 39 that says <laughs> universal life and variable life are not a fit for the infinite banking concept well, look, they read the other 91 pages. Yeah, right? I'm sure they did. <laughs> it's like, 
you know, just another tool in the tool belt, you know, for them to sell something. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, not trying to be su- super you know, negative about folks out there, but I mean, yeah, you, you see a lot of stuff out there and, you know, I'm doing a CLU course right now. Um, and, and part of that CLU course. God bless you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, you're uh, a certified life underwriter. It's a designation within the life insurance industry. Uh, we have to do posts, right? So in the classroom, there's a forum and you have to do, you know, a post for every chapter you complete. And so you got to drag all the deadbeat teammates with you. That don't, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. they're, you're graded individually. Okay. But I will say. Is it team effort? But you can see everyone's posts. Oh, okay. So I go through and I read people's no, posts. No, that's good. That's a good thing. I'm, I, like I was thinking of a group project. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, in the CLU course, we're going over ethics right now. And I'm reading all of these, you know, guys who are selling universal life, variable life, and they're going through and talking about how, you know, you know, the ethics of life insurance, right? And, you know, how it's, you know, the paramount thing. It is it is number one in all these posts. And, like, you know, I, I kind of, you know, type back, I don't want to say a cheeky repo, you know, reply, but it was, you know, it was like, you know, hey, I'm so glad that we're all on the same page here because, you know, all I hear, you know, is about life insurance agents, you know, scamming people or doing, you know, bad things, doing things they shouldn't do. And it's like, but everybody in this classroom is just right on there with, with ethics. We're all, you know, yes, ethics is the highest thing. It's like, I'm there. I completely agree with that. I don't know how sincere everyone else is. I hope they are are all I, very I, sincere. I think they are. I hope they really are. Um, but there's a lot of these folks that I'm pretty sure if I actually looked at what they do, I wouldn't want my mother to like be their client. Wait, why, how can you say that? Have you, you haven't even met these people? This is an online course. But I'm just saying, if you talk about life, we're talking, talking about, about the, life insurance. You're talking about the financial world in general. Financial world in general. Okay, that makes more sense to me. But even in the life insurance industry, I mean, it's not. It's not except. There's no exception in the life insurance industry from you know scammy people who are doing things that aren't okay. I mean, just go look up infinite banking and, and watch all these people who have who aren't part of the Nelson Nash Institute talking about how they do the infinite banking concept. They're experts, but they don't follow many or if any principles that Nelson talks about. And it's all about rate of return, rate of return, rate of return and universal life. I, I mean, it's... Listen, man, they got to get paid. <sighs> man. <laughs> it, you know, it just, it just hurts for me because... It does. I can't imagine somebody like I grew up in this, right? I, I grew up listening to Nelson, grew up listening to you. I knew if I ever had issues or if I ever, you know, wanted to learn more about, you know, a- anything when it came to the financial world, all I had to do is come talk to my dad. Or, you know, if I had, you know, questions about something or a financial product that I may be buying or looking into, I could call my dad. I, I always had that. Most people don't. Most in most people have zero to very, very little um, life, in, uh, not just life insurance, but financial, you know, what would you say, guidance, financial, you know, experience and learning it's in a, schools? There, there's none. There's none. <clears throat> it's a taboo, you know, when I was growing up, uh, and it wasn't that dang long ago. I know I got white hair, but listen, I've had gray hair since high school, okay? Um, you couldn't talk about sex, religion. Hmm. What's the other one? Politics. In politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, uh-huh. uh, it's like you can't talk about money. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's a, you know, we kind of uh, went down, started down the path of what to do. You know, it's okay to, to educate yourself. And let me quickly run through that. Nelson's first book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Second book, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. A third book, How Privatized Banking Really Works, that was written by Dr. 
Robert Murphy, and Carlos Lara. Carlos Lara is a board member of the Nelson Nash Institute, mm. along with David Stearns. And then there is a six-and-a-half-hour video series of Nelson Nash himself mm-hmm. um, that is available. You can either buy the DVD and have it and own it and play, plug it into your game box or your children's game box, or you can pay for the digital access to this six-and-a-half hours. And the uh, Becoming Your Own Banker book is available on Audible. Mm. Okay, so I think, and you can go to uh, infinitebanking.org. That is the Nelson Nash Institute, their website. Or you can go to bankingwithlife.com. That is our website. And you can buy these uh, materials there. And if you, excuse me, if you go to either my store, our store, or uh, Nelson Nash Institute store, and you buy the digital access or the video, the access to the video, the six and a half hour video, just type in BWL20. You'll get a 20% discount. Okay. All right. All of that, the total price for those three books and that video series is probably $225. That'd be about right. Yeah. With that 20% discount. Yeah. Yeah. 225. Maybe some taxes, shipping, handling. And the BYOB is about a four hour read. Uh, Building a warehouse of wealth is, let's say, a five hour read. Yeah. How privatized banking really works, let's say that's a five hour. And then you have six and a half hour video to under 250 bucks. Okay. This is time that you might find. Well spent. If you read just by the one becoming your own banker book, if you don't like it, stop there. If you do like it, get the other materials. Take the time to educate yourself for your benefit and the benefit of your family. Okay. So that's what to do. Mm. Right. And then it kind of when we were talking about uh, the financial education in the world today is just dang near nil, non-existent. And then talking about what you can talk about historically in the family, what you can uh, it's go ahead. I'm let me. I'm I'm encouraging. Learn this as a family. You know, learn it and then share it with your spouse and then share it with your children. And so, if there is uh, a lack of financial education in your home, you can fix that. So, and you should. It's your responsibility to do so. Yeah. So I'm just being encouraging. There, there's Nelson's. I'm telling you his stories in the first of that book. You know, and this book really originated uh, over uh, many months at two and or actually three of three and four in the morning. You yeah. know, because he had worked himself into such a financial prison. Hmm. You know, just like the uh, Israelites out of Egypt onto Babylon. You know, they spent four hundred years in Egypt. They knew how to be a good slave. And if you think that you're not born automatically today unawares into a debt slave construct Hmm. you just are not paying attention so you don't have to remain a slave unless you want to be a really good slave right because is it goth johan goth it's like uh the best slave is the one who thinks he's free all right i digress that's awesome well 
I did have <laughs> one sure, thing. Sure, bring it on. No, no, it, it's more of a joke after the podcast. But it's it's funny because <laughs> well, they, they might want to laugh too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. But you said like you know what you should do is start off with BYOB. Hundred percent agree with that. And if you don't like it, stop there. I say no. If you don't like that, read case of IBC, case for IBC, because you know it may just beat you up with enough stuff that <laughs> it makes you. <laughs> You know, some people are masochists and they like to get beat up. Oh like, my you know, gosh. You know, they, they do. Like, you know, there was one guy I talked to who's a client. I don't think that book has ever been mentioned on this podcast. Okay. Ever. Maybe reasons why. Uh, and but don't use it. There's uh, two. Well, since you brought that, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into. There's two editions the first edition, the second edition. The second edition has an additional illustration because the first edition only had one illustration that was flawed. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, well, I want to be positive though. So I had a client one time who, well, okay, he didn't end up becoming a client, and so we had a bunch of lengthy conversations with the, somebody. I had a couple conversations. One was lengthy. Um, God bless this guy, uh, but the first thing he said was that he found Nelson's book too simple. Oh. And I was like, I was like, oh, well, well how he must so? have been highly educated. PhD. He thought he was. Uh, well he wasn't a PhD but you know he he thought he was smarter than everybody else Um, like he thought he knew something that like Nelson didn't Um, and to me it's funny when people say that that's a simple book and I think Nelson tried to make it simple because simple is better let's be honest Um, these people who write these you know thousand page books that just beat you up with you know verbage I mean it's (laughs) verbage yeah Yeah, I I use that for a reason Uh, it's what it is It's, 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 it's verbal garbage it's I mean it's verbal uh <laughs> we really want to get down to uh, linguistic subterfuge yeah uh, i mean some people like that they like to be beat up with are you they know, impressing themselves when they're writing the book oh my god they're they know what they're doing they know what their clients are right they, they know what they're the people who want to read their books what they want to do and okay. that's get beat up with a bunch of they, they read textbooks these are people who enjoy like you know textbooks when you know you go like, you know, sign up for a course, whether it's, you know, at your college or whatever happens to be. Those are the people that love those textbooks and think those are great reads. By the way, I can't stand textbooks. I think they're all terrible reads. Um, I, I think they're purposely done so, too. If you wanted to, you know, maybe educate somebody, maybe do so in a way that, you know, fits with how people like to be educated. You know, maybe some, you know, cute stories, maybe make it simple on somebody, maybe not try to beat them up, you know with you know, just a bunch of language that really has nothing to do with understanding the concept that you're trying to teach. Anyways. Uh, uh, so he thought he was really smart. Yeah, yeah. He, he, oh, he <laughs> thought- Is that he, it? It's like, Nelson's book's really simple. It's just too simple. Like, like I need I need it more difficult. Like, that's what he was saying. And yeah, I was just absolutely. like, I was like, but do you understand it? Yeah. Uh, okay, so what's what's wrong? So he, he taught you in a very simple way a very simple concept at its, you know, core and structure. It's like, what's wrong with that? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't hard enough. Complicated enough. Isn't that like such a huge thing though? I see like, you know, people, they want to be beat up with, you know, like I I keep saying verbage, uh, they want to be, you know, beat up with a bunch of words and then they want to be confused. They want to like, feel like this knowledge is some sort of like unattainable knowledge. And most of the time that's just garbage. I mean, is what it ends up being. So that guy didn't become a client? No, thankfully not. Oh. Uh, and well, <laughs> so we ha- ended up having the, the conversation because he, he was trying to find something difficult. And I was like, all right, you know, it, you know, it's okay. You know, you don't have to become a client. And I don't remember exactly how the conversation, but I know how it went. It how it ended. Bye, Felicia. 
I know how it ended and it was in a very nice way. And, you know, I, you know, I said, we're parting as friends, you know, like, you know, it's okay if, you know, you decide to come Don't back call later me. on. I'll it's, call you. No, it's like, you know, go ahead. If you, <laughs> like, we're here to help everyone. Like, if it didn't work out, call us in the future. That's fine. You know, we can have another conversation. Um, but I, I had asked him, like, do me a favor, though. Like, if you go buy one of these complicated things that you're looking for out there in the big wide world, and they call it IBC, and it doesn't work out for you. Please don't go around saying that IBC's garbage and the IBC doesn't work. Um, and that goes for everyone, in my opinion. It's like if you went and bought something that's not IBC, that's not through the Nelson Nash Institute, um, that, that's not, you know, whole life insurance. If you buy some sort of weird construct or whatever, because it's, you know, complicated and it seems like, you know, something that would be. I don't know, complicated. I don't know really what these people are looking for besides something complicated. Um, but if you do that, right, please don't go around, you know, bashing Nelson's legacy, saying that BYOB, that the infinite banking concept is wrong, right? That's, it's, it's harmful to Nelson's legacy. Well, half the guys that, uh, guys, girls, whatever, yeah. the promoters of these, jank concepts or and they're really jank concepts it's really nelson's work the infinite banking mm -hmm. concept becoming your own banker then it's bastardized you know and they're yeah. only, you know changing whatever whether it's they're changing products to ul or they're mutilating the policy and into frankenstein you know zombie policies that look good or may have a illustrated high rate of return or whatever yeah those individuals those individuals are the ones that say uh, by act by action and even verbally. Well, Nelson did a good work, and you know he he discovered it or he made us aware of it. But I improved it. Isn't that saying infinite banking is not good and doesn't work? Uh, it doesn't work as good as it should. Implying there's just so yeah. much ego there that's uh, it's ridiculous. Cause here's my whole thing. I mean, the, but my my point is they fit together. The people, oh, absolutely, that, that go off and do weird stuff are the same people that build weird, weird stuff and call it good. That goes all over me when I hear that too. When people say like you know they've improved or they've done something, it's like mm -hmm. so you're telling me that Mises's student Leonard E. Reed, his student R. Nelson Nash who was the greatest life insurance agent of all time, who wrote maybe one of the most important pieces of life insurance literature of all time. You can improve his concept. You know better than he does. You 30-year-old young man who thinks you know everything, you knew more than Nelson over his 60 years of experience with his teachers and his mentors and that lineage. You know more. They can prove it, too, because they can build an illustration with a higher rate of return. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I don't know if that podcast will be released, just how negative that. That's fine. It is what it is. So you finished? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other comments before we close here? No, no. Yeah, no. I, you know, I had a great time, you know, hanging out with you, talking. And I always love talking about, you know, becoming your own banker, uh, not just the book, but, you know, IBC, the infinite banking concept itself, too. Um, I wish more people would talk about Nelson's Becoming Your Own Banker book. What a it really is a revolutionary book that if people truly understood what it stood for, what it was about, they'd probably kill us. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm joking. No. They is, you know, they. Yeah. yeah. Like if the <laughs> like the banking cartel truly understood what was what this was, 
yeah, we, we probably listen. I'm just a life insurance salesman. All right. <laughs> uh, I had fun. You should, you know, come back uh, more often, more regular, regularly. I got to improve. So, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I need to do as many of these as we can because. <clears throat> okay, like, well, look. Are, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, thanks for listening. I had fun. Okay. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.